the Fantasy Football Welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I'm Scott Allen. Hey, I'm Des Beeler. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving, Des. We are all thankful that, as we talked about on the Wednesday podcast, no buys this week. Of course, that means we have 14 games to get to. We'll try to breeze through this as quickly as possible. Let's start with the Falcons and the Bucks, a 34-20 to Atlanta win. And one week after Antonio Brown went off for the Steelers, Julio Jones outdoes him 253 yards receiving on 12 catches and two touchdowns for Jones. We've been waiting for this all year. You've said to be patient. Here it is. <laughs> Great advice by me. Yes, be patient with with the uh, one of the greatest wide receivers. I mean, yeah, he he hadn't. There have been a number of weeks where he really didn't deliver the way you wanted to, but you always knew this kind of game was in him. He does it about once a year. You know, drops some mega mega game. He had 300 yards last last year, I think. Uh, and I think this was this today was the most receiving yards since then by any player. And I think he has this is his third career game with at least 250 receiving yards, which I, I think is Nobody the most else all time. Has more than one. Yeah. So he's you know so that's why it, that's not why you have Julio Jones. You would like him to be a little more consistent, but yeah. knowing this is in him it just adds to the fact that he's he's an elite fantasy player. And the good news for Julio Jones owners is that in three weeks he gets the same awful Bucks defense again. Looking right. at the Tampa Bay offense. Uh, Some news, Doug Martin, who's been ineffective this year, he left with a concussion. Peyton Barber, two short touchdown runs. Any interest there on a kind of limited waiver wire this late in the season? I mean, any time a running back could possibly receive some usage, it's of interest. I think uh, Jaquiz Rogers, by the same token, might be the guy. If it sounds like Doug Martin's not going to play, maybe the quiz is is the answer to that question because he actually had more of the early downs work. I have to say, as a Doug Martin owner in a couple leagues, it was pretty infuriating to see Peyton Barber score (laughs) twice, considering that's something Martin is... Not done all season, two touchdowns, and he's barely done you know much of anything. So pretty frustrating, although possibly not as frustrating as Matt Ryan owners watching Mohamed Sanu throw a 50-yard yes. <laughs> touchdown pass. They couldn't have enjoyed that a whole lot. Mohamed Sanu now 6-for-6 six six throwing true. in his NFL career. Yeah, he can do that. The Bengals beat the Browns 30-16. to 16. Another name that we've been talking about waiting on and waiting on, and a guy that I finally put on my bench this week, Yeah, Joe Mixon. 165 yards and a touchdown. Maybe he's peaking at just the right time for the playoffs? You'd like to think. I mean, it's against the Browns, so it's hard to say. Although the Browns had been relatively sturdy against the run, and Mixon had been pretty useless in almost every— not entirely useless, but just very ineffective, which has a lot to do with, with the, the Bengals. I mean, part of it here was he got a lot of touches, and, and the Bengals really— sort of dominated this game in most respects, and they really had just been barely running any plays the past few weeks, so they finally had kind of a normal offensive output, and you saw what he was able to do there. So I agree. I had Mixon on the bench in, in, in one league where I owned him, I and mean, you you'd gotten to a point where he was very untrustworthy. I don't know if this game alone puts him back into that circle of trust, but it's good to see that, what, as you mentioned, what we have been waiting on all this time, the the flashes of talent, the usage, it all kind of came together. Of course, it was against the Browns. Right, and the Bengals get the Steelers next week. Corey Coleman for the Browns. We thought he might see an uptick in usage. Three catches for 64 yards on eight targets. Another Corey who was a value pick this week, Corey Davis of the Titans in a 20-16 to win over the Colts. Four catches for 39 yards. With Rashard Matthews out, Des, are you surprised he didn't get more looks? In yeah, game? very surprised. I mean, I had touted Corey Davis even before we knew that, that Rashard Matthews was not going to play in this game. And once I got that news, I thought, well, here we go. I mean, the uh, Colts are are pretty bad against the pass. It's an indoor game. 
you know, Marcus Mariota's got to throw to somebody. He threw to Delaney Walker, so that was good for Walker owners. He had, you know, 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we saw Derrick Henry be more effective again than DeMarco Murray, and, and you you think maybe now is the takeover going to occur? Even in this game, Henry only had one more carry than DeMarco Murray, but yeah, disappointing outing for Corey Davis, uh, and, you know, just sort of a desultory game altogether. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, like, couldn't do anything, took eight sacks against the Titans defense that itself was was barely so-so against the pass. And, you know, as a, as a T.Y. Hilton owner in one league, oh. I mean, so, so frustrating. You know, since since we, he's the most boomer bust player in the game, although it's so many more busts than booms. Yeah. Going into the playoffs especially, you know, you think, T.Y. Hilton, I spent a second or a third round, maybe right. a fourth round draft pick on him. How do you sit him? But at this point, five out of six games with fewer than five points in DPR yeah. leagues. And you sit him next week because he's got the Jags and, yeah. then, and then the Bills, who aren't that great, Broncos, Ravens. I, I don't know. I, he's un, completely untrustworthy at this point. Moving on to another dud of a game from a fantasy perspective. The Bills beat the Chiefs 16-10. to The Giants win over the Chiefs last week. Looks less and less impressive. LaShawn McCoy, kind of a disappointing day for Buffalo. Only 79 total yards. We thought he'd have a, a big performance, but not as disappointing as that Kansas City Chiefs offense. The struggles continue for Kareem Hunt, 11 carries for 17 yards. Travis Kelsey, only 39 yards receiving. And Alex Smith, you know, Andy Reid says he's his guy going forward, but the calls for Patrick Mahomes are just getting louder and louder. Yeah, I mean, if the Chiefs lose a couple more games, if they lose their next two games, which now seems entirely possible, I mean, they are circling down the drain. You'd have to think, I mean, if they essentially if they fall out of playoff contention, which would be shocking considering their 5-0 and start, but here we are, you know, you'd have to think Smith gets replaced by Mahomes. Because why not? I mean, and, and Smith has been really reverted back to his uh, tendencies earlier. You know, he won't. He you know he'd been winging it downfield, which is so unlike him early in the season. We're not really seeing that anymore. Whatever the Chiefs were doing on offense that was working early in the season, defenses clearly ha- have figured it out. Kareem Hunt. I mean, what a mirage those first couple of weeks yeah. were. He's only rushed for an average of 47 yards per game over his last six. He hasn't scored since week three. I mean, it, it's all just falling apart for the Chiefs right now. I think Kelsey had a bad game here but he's the one guy I think you can trust going forward the Patriots beat the Dolphins 35 to 17 and if you had a Patriot in your lineup there's a good chance that he performed for you does all the usual names here Tom Brady four touchdowns passing Rob Gronkowski two touchdowns receiving Brandon Cook's a big day what stands out to you the most from the Patriots big day offensively a couple things I guess Deion Lewis really cementing himself I think he you he's a guy you can roll out there with a great deal of confidence mainly because at least for the time being, and that's all you can ever say with the Patriots, Lewis and Burkhead are really dominating the snaps there at running back. I mean, James White, for whatever reason, has just kind of fallen off the maps. I mean, even in PPR yeah. leagues, like he's just pretty pretty useless right now. Gilsey, not a factor. Burkhead, I mean, he's kind of that peripheral guy that you can start as a flex in a pinch. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't start him with a whole lot of confidence. He did well here. but uh, And Brandon Cook, speaking of confidence, has been... I thought he would be more of a boomer bust guy going into the season. I thought he would have ups and downs. And obviously Chris Hogan's injury, I think, has helped him a lot. But he's been very steady, very reliable. I think he's only had three bad games this season. One name for the Dolphins that was a popular starting play this week, Kenny Stills, especially with Matt Moore at quarterback, didn't work out so well today, even against that terrible Patriots passing defense. Three catches for 47 yards on six targets for Stills. Yeah, they, um, he and Moore had had a magical sort of yeah. connection, but uh, I guess all good things must come to an end. I mean, we are talking about Matt Moore to Kenny Stills here, so <laughs> I guess desperation. Time. Yeah, I mean, I guess thinking that they would continue to just like put up great numbers together was was a little unlikely. So the whole offense uh, fell back to earth here. Damian Williams was carted off, so 
Uh, Kenyon Drake didn't take advantage of it in the game, although he did score. But, you know, if Williams is out for any a considerable period of time, I mean, Drake stands to get a lot of work. The Panthers beat the Jets 35-27. to That point total inflated a little bit by a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown for the Panthers. Not a great day for Cam Newton, but I think Devin Funches emerging more and more as kind of a reliable wide receiver, too, um, heading into the playoffs. Seven catches for 108 yards on a team-high 12 targets for Funches. One name to monitor injury-wise going forward, Greg Olson making his return from a broken foot. He apparently re-injured the same foot but said after the game, that he thinks he'll be good to go and that it was a precautionary measure. Right. So you hope that's the case because obviously, uh, especially for his owners who who drafted him and waited all that time exactly. for him to come back, you'd hate to see him go out in his very first game back. And it's not a coincidence that Funches has been doing, has been doing all this mostly in the absence of Olsen, and then, of course, they trade away Calvin Benjamin. So Funch is very reliable, and we continue to see Cam Newton kind of getting it done on the ground. He scored another rushing touchdown to kind of sort of salvage his day, but he was very shaky throwing the ball. Cam Newton outperformed by Josh McCown, of all people. 307 yards and three touchdowns for McCown, two of them to Robbie Anderson, who continues to be a revelation this year. Yeah, he's been amazingly consistent. Uh, He's had a, a touchdown, at least one touchdown, in each of his past five games, as you mentioned two here and you know McCown is just like he kind of sort of keeps getting it done I mean the Panthers are a pretty tough defense they certainly shackled the Jets uh, rushing attack more or less and that was a three-headed monster of a committee so I hope no one uh, started Bilal Powell but yeah Anderson is you know he's clearly a wide receiver two these days and he's pushing his way into even even higher consideration with with this sort of steadiness the Eagles beat the Bears 31 to 3 and Dez what do you make of LeGarrette Blunt 15 carries for 97 yards versus Jay Ajayi 5 carries for 26 yards anything yeah, I, I mean I, I think it's sort of a hot hand thing I, I mean uh I don't know if you know from week to week. I mean, the, the, the big takeaway, of course, is that Ajayi is a problematic figure now. I think he, I think his owners had reason to have sort of stars in their eyes when they made that trade because he'd been right. so ineffective in Miami. He goes to this great offense. But this was the concern that they weren't necessarily just going to shove LeGarrette Blunt or Corey Clement, for that matter, to the bench. Both those guys are getting touches. Uh, Blunt, yeah, was, was much more effective today. I mean, Ajayi had a, had a good run that got him near the goal line, then he fumbles, and I think Nelson Aguilar picks the ball up and scores in that place. I don't think Ajayi would have scored in it, but it's sort of an example of how close he might have been to a, a pretty reasonable fantasy day. You know, j- next week he could be the one getting 15 carries for 100 yards and possibly getting the end zone. I think it's just really hard to tell. So that that makes him basically a flex play because if you don't really know what you're going to get from a guy, and we haven't we haven't seen that huge game from him yet with the Eagles, and we may not get it. Yeah, and, and another name on the opposite side of the ball who might be falling into flex tor- territory. Granted, this was against the best rushing defense in the league, the Eagles, but Jordan Howard, seven carries for six yards. That Bears offense as a whole is just dreadful. Yeah, I, the Bears just they couldn't move the ball. They certainly couldn't run it. The only name that pops out here is Dontrell Inman, four catches for 64 yards. Continue, you know, He's by far, for what it's worth, the, clearly the, the leading receiver for the Bears and a, and a wide receiver three. The Seahawks beat the 49ers 24-13. to Another pretty good day from Russell Wilson. Three total touchdowns. One of them a, a passing score to Jimmy Graham. And then on the opposite side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo making his debut. Not exactly how the 49ers envisioned it. Uh, no, it appeared that C.J. Beathard got hurt late in the game. Uh, Beathard hadn't been very good anyway. So I thought, I thought when Garoppolo came in, I thought maybe they just were just giving him a shot in garbage time. But I guess uh, Beathard did get dinged up a little bit. Uh, which may explain it, because it seemed like the 49ers were really loath to just put Garoppolo on yeah. the field. You'd like to think maybe this encourages them to do so. I mean, it's not like a redshirt situation. It's like, you know, they're not yeah. burning a, a year of eligibility if they play him, so just go ahead and put him out there, man. You spend a second-round pick. I mean, what can you, in very, very limited action, he looked pretty good, <laughs> threw a touchdown pass, moved around a little bit. So I don't know what they have to lose by getting him on there. 
I know that possibly what Carlos Hyde owners have to lose is a lot of targets, man, because Beathard just loves to target Carlos Hyde. He had 13 targets today, only caught seven of them for 21 yards, I think. So didn't amount to much, but in PPR, man, that, that's gold. And Marquise Goodwin also uh, looked pretty good. Uh, he's a deep threat. So, you know, every time he gets one of those deep balls, you know, he'll, that helps him have a pretty productive outing. In one of the most anticipated games of the day, the Rams beat the Saints 26-19 to in Los Angeles. And lo and behold, Sammy Watkins. He recovered the onside kick to clinch the game for Los Angeles. And a pretty big day for him in Robert Woods' absence. Four catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. And Cooper Cup as well, also picking up a slack. Eight catches for 116 yards as Jared Goff outplayed Drew Brees. Yeah, uh, without Robert Woods, I mean, I think a lot of people had pretty high hopes for Sammy Watkins to finally have a big day, and he did. And Cooper Cup had a huge day. Uh, they combined for 20 targets between them. Jared Goff played really well. Of course, we have to, you know, it's worth mentioning that the Saints were missing their top two corners, yeah. uh, and that's not always going to be the case. But yeah, very encouraging to see Sammy Watkins finally get reincorporated into the passing attack there. But I mean, obviously, the big story from this game, Alvin Kamara, and what a huge game he had. 188 total yards, six catches, another two touchdowns, cementing his place as the rookie running back of the year, I think, at this point. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, clearly uh, tops among rookie running backs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, looking like the rookie offensive player of the year and uh, an RB1. I mean, in terms of someone, yeah. it's hard to imagine, like, what lineups he would not be appearing in these days. And, and we've seen him and Ingram both able to put up points week to week. Uh, Ingram coming off back-to-back 130-yard rushing games kind of struggled today. The Saints fell behind a little bit. Uh, Drew Brees was throwing the ball late. Do you take anything away from the 11 carries for 31 yards for Ingram? Any concern there? Not really, uh, except that you know Kamara is just clearly the more explosive player. Yeah. I mean, NFL Research tweeted out a stat that he's Kamara is averaging Kamara, Kamara, whatever it is, is averaging 8.1 yards per touch on 123 touches this sure. season, whereas no running back in the last 25 years has averaged eight plus yards per play on 100 plus touches. I mean, so it just gets you every time he touches the ball, yeah. amazing things happen. He's just one of the most electric players in the league right now. Uh, the only other. Um, note possibly for the Saints is that Michael Thomas had a bit of a down game. Uh, he had as few as catches and yards since week five, but I wouldn't panic over that. The Raiders beat the Broncos 21-14. to Kind of ugly game in Oakland from the start. I said to buyer beware Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, but not for these reasons. Crabtree leaving early in the first quarter after getting into a fight with his old buddy Aqib Talib. And then Amari Cooper taking a brutal hit in the first half and, and leaving with a concussion. It remains to be seen if Crabtree will be suspended, if Cooper will be able to play next week and return from the, the concussion protocol. But maybe opportunity there for other Raiders receivers next week. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, uh, we saw Cordell Patterson catch three balls for 72 yards on one of them, a pretty impressive play that, that went for 54 yards where he kind of just refused to go down. Uh, Johnny Holton made you know popped up as he <laughs> tends to every now and then, but yeah, like uh, you know Amari Cooper sort of nightmare season kind of continues, and that was a weird play. I mean, they threw a flag on the defender. I don't know. I mean, he was kind of he lowered the shoulder, which I think you're allowed to do, and then Cooper kind of lowered his head at the same time, and it just looked really ugly. Right. You know, it was it was pretty, I guess, to be expected that Akeem Talib and Crabtree would go at it, and you saw Talib snatch his chain Two I chains think, for the second season. <laughs> So that was pretty entertaining. But you're right, a pretty ugly game, although it was good for Marshawn Lynch in terms of getting touches. He, he had uh, 19 in Week 1, and he had no more than 16 since then, but he had 29 total in this game, although he didn't do, he didn't do a lot in the ground, but the yardage was there for him, and he got a touchdown. Yeah, over 100, and, and that score, as you mentioned, for Lynch. And then for the other Lynch, Paxton Lynch, an ugly game for him as well for the Broncos, his first start of the year, the second-year pro. 
struggled and then left with an ankle injury. So it may be back to Trevor Simeon again next week. I think it will be. I mean, Simeon, maybe he's, he's best off as a relief pitcher. Maybe that'll be his role in this league as like a high-level backup. Maybe he's miscast as a starter, but he clearly, I think, is the best among the Broncos starters and looked so much better, not for the first time, uh, when he came in for Lynch today. One of the low-key best games of the afternoon, the last one to go final. The Cardinals beat the Jaguars 27-24 to as 57-year-old Phil Dawson hit a 57-yard field goal to end it approximately. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think he's more like 100. But. He's 42, but good for him. Blaine Gabbert revenge game. He played pretty well, and a guy that yeah. we kind of laughed about last week, Ricky Seals-Jones. You knew this was going to be a tough matchup for Larry Fitzgerald. That proved to be true against Jalen Ramsey, only three catches for Fitzgerald. But Ricky Seals-Jones, two touchdowns last week, another one this week, the tight end for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? He, he's done it again. He has six career catches, three for touchdowns. He's like the Will Fuller. He's like the exact, very much, very Will Fuller-esque, although more improbable. I mean, at least Fuller, you could see, you know, he was a high draft pick. I mean, he's, right. a, he's a wide receiver. I mean, you could sort of see how he might find himself on the receiving end of some productive of passes. But, yeah, Seal, I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, Gabbert's been a backup. Seals-Jones has been a backup. Maybe they developed a connection in practice. The, now, you know, now he becomes a name of interest. I think last week you could say total fluke, whatever. We'll never yeah. see that again. You know, you do this two weeks in a row, you land on a lot of radars. We'll see him in, in a bunch of waiver wire columns for sure. How about for the Jaguars, Leonard Fournette? Concerning 12 carries for 25 yards? It's definitely concerning. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think you're not going to bench for anything, but you certainly don't like to see this. I mean, I do think it, part of it is is the Blake Bortles effect. I think the uh, the Cardinals were loading up against the run, and they were stacking the box, although they didn't stop Bortles from running. He had six carries for 62 yards and two touchdowns, and maybe that's, you know, the, to the uh, chagrin of Fournette owners who would have liked to see him get at least one of those yeah. end zone jaunts. But, yeah, uh, you know, a terrible game for Fournette, but, you know, I think you, you'd like to at least chalk it up to – It'll happen, and he'll have better days going forward. Let's get to the Thanksgiving games quickly and start with the best of the three. The Vikings beat the Lions 30-23. to Another big game from Case Keenum. Three total touchdowns for him. Latavius Murray got it done on the ground. Adam Thielen through the air. And then in the loss, Marvin Jones for the, the Lions. Six catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, and we saw Latavius Murray be more productive, much more productive than Jarek McKinnon. Again, this is this is being this is now beyond a pattern. It's just what to expect, I think, at this point, which is McKinnon's a little bit more of a satellite back. If the Vikings fall behind, if they're playing from behind most of the game, he'll get more touches. But as long as they're ahead, and they were ahead almost this entire game, Murray will get more touches. Continues to be pretty productive with them. So I think Murray has cemented himself as a, as a pretty good running back to McKinnon's definitely much more of a flex guy you know still with a lot of burst but um you know just not getting as many touches as he was before and not being as productive with them unlike Adam Thielen who just continues to get it done week in and week out yeah. I mean he is so reliable fantasy MVP for a lot of people for sure the Chargers beat the Cowboys 28 to 6 the struggles continue in Big D without Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott in particular, two interceptions. You wonder if he's a name that you can trust in the fantasy playoffs. It's looking like no. And then that running back situation, the Cowboys releasing Darren McFadden. He wasn't getting any run anyway, but Rod Smith and Alfred Morris not looking like viable options going forward. Yeah, it's all kind of spiraling downhill for the Cowboys. I kind of wonder if if Dak Prescott's a, a buy low at this point just because... Really? Well, because he was so good earlier, and now he's been terrible. But yeah. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't think we we want to take away from this that like, oh, now he's a terrible quarterback. Whereas you know, just five weeks ago, we would have said he's a fantastic quarterback. You know, the truth probably lies somewhere in between. So if you, you know, so it's reasonable to expect uh, a bit of a bounce back there for Dak Prescott. You know, and and 
you know, the, the offensive line clearly is not playing as well as it used to, but I think you can also get a bounce back from them maybe. I mean, they get the, they're at the Giants next week, then they're at the Raiders uh, before they get the Seahawks. So that's two weeks in a row where the Dallas offense might be able to get right. I mean, we're pretty late in the season to make, you know, trades for quarterbacks, but I guess if it was earlier, I definitely would think of Prescott as a buy low because I think he's better than this. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then a, a quarterback who you might consider starting ahead of Prescott, kind of a borderline start sit week to week who might be getting hot at the right time. For the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, 434 yards and three touchdowns for him. And then Keenan Allen, who did nothing, it seemed, for the first 10 weeks of the season. Back-to-back big games from Allen, 172 yards and a touchdown on Thanksgiving. And one of your favorite tight ends, Hunter Henry, you said potential buy low. There sure enough, go. five catches, 76 yards and a touchdown for Henry. Yeah, I, I mean, it was sort of the he's due for a good game approach, I suppose. I don't know, you know, Hunter Henry, I wouldn't be shocked if next week he has two catches for 30 yards, but he has been. It's a reminder that, as I as I had pointed out, he has been involved in this offense. It just hasn't quite come together for him. Did today, you can hope. I mean, he he, he does have talent. You can see it out there. He's a very agile guy, yeah. clearly a much better option than Antonio Gates at this respective point in their careers. Keenan Allen continues to blow up. I mean, we won't see 172 game uh, yard games from him too often, but the catches are there, which is kind of what we expected going into the season, that he'll get a lot of targets and he'll be productive with them. On Wednesday, you pointed out the Thanksgiving finale, the Redskins and the Giants is the game that you would be watching. What were your <laughs> takeaways from Washington's 20-10 to 10 win over the Giants? Yeah, fortunately, I didn't watch as much of as I thought. <laughs> I kind of got my Thanksgiving outings mixed up. I went to the one place instead of the other early on, So, which wasn't a huge loss for me, apparently. Not that great no, of a game. Be thankful that you missed most yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big takeaway is uh, Samaj P. Ryan looks for real, at least against uh, you know this kind of defense. 24 carries for 100 yards. And uh, you know three catch, uh, f- yeah, three catches for 20 yards. So plenty of yardage there. You'd like to see him get in the end zone, but he looks like a running back too at this point. Jamison Crowder, really huge game, and I think yeah, we are seeing the, the passing offense kind of home in on him a little bit as other options just seem to fall by the wayside. And then Josh Doxson kind of salvaged his day. He'd been trending upward, fell back to earth in this game, but he did get in the end zone late. So you know that that saved his his owners uh, a bit of a headache there. And really nobody did anything for the Giants. Awful game from Eli Manning. Yeah, no, not really. Evan Ingram struggled for the second straight week. And yeah. Orleans Darko, who had a good game against the Chiefs, nothing going against Washington. Exactly. I mean, Darko, I mean, Ingram's the big takeaway for me. This is his third straight game yeah. that he's been held under 32 yards. Second, and, and he had a touchdown in that first of those three games. But now these past two, he's given you nothing. So, uh, you know, he's fallen back to earth in a big way. And there's just nothing to trust about this passing attack. There's no, no seemingly no direction. I think Ben McAdoo is a dead coach walking. Darkwa, I think, will have better games than this, but you know he kind of shared the load with Gallman. So if they're, if that's going to turn into a little bit more of a committee going forward, I don't know if it will, but obviously that saps both their values. So a lot not to like with the uh, the Giants right now. Right. And with that, a reminder to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can check out all of our great fantasy football content at WashingtonPost.com. And as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Scott S. Allen. I'm at Des Beeler. Get those waiver claims in.